Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast where we interview fantastic SaaS company founders, CEOs, and entrepreneurs. My name is Luis. I'm the owner and founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Casio. He's the co-founder of Bleepag. And uh, he was kind enough to provide everyone that's listening or watching to this podcast with 50% discount off his subscription uh, model of, of Bleepag. And uh, that's pretty much, they just have to say, uh, that they're coming from Phantom or Phantom would be the code to whoever the sales rep is. And uh, with that being said, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background? Hello, guys. Um, hello, Luis. Um, well, um, it's a nice, it's a pleasure to be here um, and uh, getting to know your your community. Um, well, about my background, I studied computer science as most of uh, co-founders of startups these days. Um, had some touch in statistics and finance, um, and I uh, have developed my my career around uh, finance and other other startups. But that's that's boring talk. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, in in your product helps solve a huge problem in Brazil at the moment. Uh, hopefully expanding uh, to different countries that are facing the same issues. But essentially, you know, one of the biggest problems that you're seeing is that these banks are so centralized that they're able to pretty much control the prices to whatever it is that they want. And there's very little competition to drive those costs low. Uh, so, so anyone that owns a business or anyone that needs to send invoices or take payments is just dealing with crazy high fees. Right. And, so why don't you talk a little bit more about how Pleepag is able to save, uh, solve that problem uh, for your customers? Well, I um, can give you two answers. One is more top-down, one is more bottom-up. Um, but more top-down to give more context um, about the problem is um, most of the places you go, if you look at payments around the world, you have a problem when it comes down to, to billing. So companies that uh, send an invoice and need to receive that payment later, um, there's inefficiency there. Uh, there's, there's a pain because there's a distance in terms of invoicing and receiving the money in your bank account. Mm -hmm. That process costs uh, you time, um, banking fees, you don't have the expertise. This is not your core business. You should not be doing this. Um, depending on where you are in the world, uh, you suffer more or less. In Brazil, it's a huge pain. Um, what we do is we are a provider of solutions for uh, recurring, recurring billings. So our, our, our customers, our, our clients, which we call merchants, they, before using Playpack, they were using, we were spending like uh, two, three, four days in the month, just having to deal uh, with this. And this is not their business. They don't know how to do this optimally. Uh, they spend money, they spend time. And we created a very simple to use platform uh, that you just subscribe your customer, you put them in a recurrent billing system and that's it. The system does everything to you. It keeps your uh, default rate uh, low. It increases your revenues. 
um, it's as cheap as the banking saves sometimes even uh, less than what the bank charges you you save time and that's great experience which is it's frankly is um, where we work the most provide the best experience to everyone and this is essentially what we're doing that's great and as far as growth, and I understand that you have a co-founder that's helping you a lot with that side of the business, right? Essentially, you've only been around for about one and a half years, I believe you said, and you've had very, very successful growth. And um, what's been one of the biggest factors to that, 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 you know, have helped you get to where you are right now? Yeah, well, first things first is find a great co-founder. <laughs> and I'm, I can say I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have found a great co-founder and taking care of this very sensible part of the business. Um, he manages growth, he, everything about growth and uh, is, is up to him. And I take care of projects and all the, all, the, all the tasks within the company. But about um, what we are seeing in growth, what we are still seeing like uh, 30, 40 percent growth uh, every every month. Um, but we launched the MVP earlier this year. Last year was just uh, development and all the boring stuff, <laughs> compliance and, and contracts and everything. But we we really started to test our MVP this year. We didn't start to scale yet. We're we're concentrating very much on on tackling on um, mistakes to fail fast, understand the, the problems, um, understand if our value proposition is right for our, for our clients, and then we are going to ex expand. That's awesome. And now with, with, you know, mentioning the fact that the banks, they're so, um, you know, they're, they're pretty much running their own little business, right, together where they're keeping these prices super high. And you're the, are you pretty much the only, one of the only companies doing this? Um, or is there other key players in Brazil that are doing something similar? Um, and if so, I guess the, the main question I'm trying to get to is how low, I would imagine that churn rate, you know, when you're, when you're making a process that used to take days, take five minutes, how are people, how are you dealing with, with people churning and, and, and what kind of rates are you seeing when it comes to that? Well, uh, you may not believe, but uh, churn is zero. <laughs> uh, haven't lost any, any imagine. So we don't really know how to, how to measure this because uh, yeah. we haven't lost anyone. But um, as far as I can, as far as I can tell you, uh, more and more statistical terms, when you don't know, uh, take the number and uh, you put in a formula that's going to probably give you like two and five percent if you extrapolate. And uh, uh, average in in this market is fifteen percent a year. Okay. Um, but uh, we are we are still understanding uh, because we have such a. a um, um, we don't have thousands of of clients yet. Um, but with over a hundred, hundred clients, we, we have, we have a zero churn, so can't take any conclusions yet. Right. Well, I mean, so far so good though. <laughs> so 
having yeah, something. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And another thing that I wanted to touch on is with, with you know, having good growth rate um, and, and, you know, having to onboard a lot of different clients and, and such. What's some of the biggest issues that you've dealt with um, being in a finance industry? I understand that there's a lot of compliance that you have to go through and, and you know, making sure that everything is up to par with policies and things like that and, and laws and all that. So what are some of the problems that you're looking at when, when you scale so fast and you haven't had any problems in the past that you have to solve yet? Yeah, well, um, when you are in a very lucrative industry, um, you are able to be successful without being perfect. Um, like if you have a, if you own a bank, if you own all your company, you must be very, very bad entrepreneur to, to, to take your company to failure. Um, but in this market, um, what we, what we see is, uh, why not being efficient, uh, inside the company and then using these, these, these extra resources we didn't expend to increase our value proposition to provide a better uh, user experience for everybody um, to, to tackle inefficiencies. Um, that's, that's how I look to, to it. Not sure if I answered your, your question. Yeah, no, definitely. And essentially what are some of the things that you've, you know, I guess, actually I want to ask this question right now. What's the, what's the thing that you are most proud of? Um, you know, of, of so far with growing the company and, and this can be a question that is both you and your co-founder, maybe you've received awards or something like that, but what's been the happiest moment, um, to this point, uh, you know, growing this company? The happiest moments were, it's unfair to, to answer that, answer that without my co-founder here, but I can probably tell you, uh, the moment we processed our first payment, the moment we brought uh, our first real uh, client, our first merchant, and when we reach our first million, that's awesome. really happiest moment. <laughs> uh -huh. And uh, <laughs> one thing that we talked about earlier was, you know, some of your background um, and being yeah. such an entrepreneurial um, mindset from a very young age. And how do you think this has impacted, you know, where you're at now? Do you think? Do you think if you, if you didn't know some of the things that made you, uh, that you learned from the very beginning, like being consistent, being persistent about specific actions, do you think anything would have been different at all? Um, not sure, but I can tell you, um, not here alone, right? So um, I, I, I really don't like when we attribute uh, the success of a company to one person. We, we are a team, so... I think the very most important thing is build the team, find the right people, and those people will be with the company uh, for you. And uh, in, in that's in that specific thing, I can tell you, uh, I and and uh, my partner, we are very lucky um, mm. to me to have him as a founder, and uh, and we as a, as a, as a team as a whole because we have excellent people we have a very small team and that small team is able to deliver uh high results and um you know to 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 be way above the average 
and mm. when when we bring those experiences like you know um for instance my partner he 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 has worked like um several companies very different experience like big companies startups small companies um like the um uh, me too he has like, international experience um and so do i so when you bring all these things together um they sum up to something um you start to see some synergy and you you build a larger thing than the sum of the individual individual things mm-hmm. and that's how i see so now going going off the fact that you do have a co-founder and you know obviously both of you together have been able to grow this wonderful company what is what is the one thing that a co-founder you know your partner whatever you want to call it your your business partner your co-founder what is the one thing that they have to be able to to take care of essentially does does this have to be something that complements you uh, something that supplements you or, or where do you find that right synergy to make this work because a lot of the times you know you have two people at the very top of the company and they spend a lot of time arguing with each other because they're, they're not on the same page right so yes. it's it's either gonna make or break the company and what is it that that is the main factor that you find or that maybe obvious maybe you haven't had an experience where you've had a you know, an issue with the co-founder, but if, if you, if you could think of something that has been the reason why this has been successful working together, what would that be? Good Uh, question. Um, I can give you very straight answers. I think first thing is ethics. Um, Even though if you are starting a company with someone that doesn't have ethics, but they have everything else, uh, um, don't start. Um, second thing is um, me and him, we're, we are very intellectually honest with other. Like, you know, if I for one reason spend the day sleeping and haven't been present in the company, didn't didn't happen, but if when they happen, I would tell him, look, I spent the day zipping. I didn't go to <laughs> hospital. And um, probably tomorrow I'm going to work like 30, 30 days, I can't in a day, but um, I'm going to work like 20 hours tomorrow. Are you going to make up for it? Uh, yeah, excuse me, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, But we, we are very honest with each other. So if we do one thing, especially wrong things, um, then we we try to solve those problems as soon as possible. Don't don't leave. Uh, don't let the, the problems grow mm-hmm. uh, because they will come for you. <laughs> um, and also find alignment, alignment with um, uh, the, the people that are with you. You can't be with anything alone, right? So you you need to find people but also you want to to be an association like you don't have you don't want to have like 10 co-founders right so there's a magic number and the right number is you should find out what the right number is for you uh for this company we found out to be something around two and three we're now in two uh co-founders um and uh for this number, um, 
we say, look, uh, what are we good at? So you're good at growing. Uh, you know, if you, if you give me a Rolex and, and, and ask me to sell for 50 bucks, I probably won't. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a horrible salesman. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. So um, he's the guy to do this. He's the guy to, to take care of all these things. So um, I come to him and say, look, uh, uh, the only thing I can do is I trust you and you should trust me on the things I will do. I'm good at building projects and um, let me have a try on these other ideas. If I'm not good, we'll find someone else or you can take uh, this part of the company uh, to, 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 to work. But being honest about who, um, who you are, what you can really deliver and uh, having specific roles for for each for each thing for each person is is key so here we say look um we we separate uh our our personas in in three parts so we are shareholders we are co-founders and we are executives the only thing over time uh we will always be will be co-founders but we may leave the company we may sell the company uh, we, we, we may have shares, but not be executives, but try to look at those things and, and uh, bear in mind that uh, you want the best for the company and the company pays you back when you're, when you're doing this. Mm-hmm. That's long, a great, long response. What's that? Long response. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. Uh, and so, with that being said, you know, how this is actually a question that I haven't asked anyone on the podcast. Um, and I, I want to see what you think about this because of what you said, no one has mentioned uh, stepping out of the company, uh, you know, becoming a non shareholder or a non executive, just being a co founder. So I want to hear your take on it. Essentially, how important is it? And this is, you know, for, for, really early stage companies as well as for companies that have been around for a while. <coughs> Excuse me. So how important is it to, or how, what do you think actually about becoming emotionally attached to the business? Obviously this is, you know, it's, it's hard. Um, and, and it takes a lot of work to, to build a company. Obviously, uh, you know, you're probably maybe sleeping at the, at the office trying to get a project done and, and so on. And you definitely build some sort of emotional, um, you know, feelings however weird that may sound but it, it happens you know whenever you stop doing something that you love and you love the company you, something's missing so what what do you think about becoming emotionally attached to you know whether it's this company or any other company that you start building and you start seeing success good good question very good question um i see it as a life cycle uh, but um seeing it as a life cycle as everything in life has beginning and an end. Um, we can't really start to think about how it's going to end, when we are going to exit. I honestly, and very personally, uh, I think it's a loser's way of, of seeing, to start a company and, and think to sell it uh, right away, the moment you're founding the company. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anyone uh, building a successful company with that uh, specific goal in mind. When you start a company, 
you start a company thinking to grow it and probably you're going to be there you may not be there but that doesn't matter you start something bigger mm -hmm. bigger than you and this is this is pretty much the spirit and uh, I, would, I would look pretty much as much more as a marriage than something to sell <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but just like uh, one ends the other also ends and um, but I knew that doesn't happen um, you are working to grow it that's that's the way I see mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a great point I, I think I'm definitely on board with you with what you said um, essentially you know you I think growing a company you shouldn't be so much focused on the future of it essentially the revenue right but as, as much as you should be focused on actually making someone's life easier and actually solving a problem for yeah. people right so like you you're you're making lives a lot easier in brazil to a lot of different business owners down there where you know they're dealing with all these things that that they can't take care of because they don't have the power to do so because the banks are so restrictive um, that they take power and time away from them and resources to very, very hard earned resources. Um, and, and, and what you're doing is just helping them, you know, keep more of the money, keep more of the time that they have. And then essentially that's the best resource that we have. And it's also the most scarce resource. And, you know, I think solving problems from the bottom is, is really what's important here with, with growing startups and companies and really finding something that's going to make life easier for um, not just yourself as a business owner, and it's not going to be easy for yourself. Growing companies is extremely difficult, right? Um, but essentially just helping people out. Um, and, and you can take this to pretty much any successful company that's out there, um, whether it's Amazon, you take a look at Jeff Bezos. He, I don't think he ever thought of the fact that he'd be, you know, one of the biggest companies in the, on the world um, when he started selling books out of his garage. Um, and same thing with a lot of different a lot of different big companies. So um, I love, I love, you know, what you, what you brought up um, and the marriage part, that was funny, <laughs> but essentially I yeah, told, it's, it's much more about commitment. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's much more about commitment and uh, much, more, much less like you, you marry someone thinking about how this is going to end. No, you're <laughs> married for life. Right? Otherwise you shouldn't marry. Exactly. Uh, that's great. And uh, so what, what I, I'd love to hear this from you. Um, and what are, what are some of the best books you've read? Actually, what's the best book um, that you would recommend to anyone that is either looking to start a, a startup or is currently in one and, uh, you know, could, could use a good read? Good. Uh, I didn't finish this book, but I believe to the point that I have it. Uh, is zero to one from Peter Thiel. Mm -hmm. um, and he has a different philosophy than most of accelerators are applying around the world, where he, he gives two very, very good contributions in thought. Um, the first and less important, I would say, is give time more business than most of accelerators are doing around. Um, um, not sure if this is in the book, but the, the most important part of the book is we live in an exponential world. Uh, we live under the power law. 
-hmm. and if you do understand this um then uh, you start looking to things in a different way um and uh, this is the way uh changed the way i i see things um i, I always try to look uh, in a less less linear way and uh, try to to apply this this way of thinking i haven't read much of 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 peter few uh recently but um i like his philosophy uh-huh i'm pretty sure i don't know if i have it here i actually have the book sitting right here on my bookshelf and i haven't gone to it um i hear a ton of books and and usually i get them before having the opportunity to read them because I want to make sure that I get them. Um, but I have it, it's right up there looking at it right now. So, uh, I'm actually going to start. Yeah, well, Go ahead. Before reading this, um, there was one company he was in, which was PayPal and there's a book called PayPal Wars, uh, about the wars, uh, when, when they were bootstrapping the company and, uh, before they find the rook with, the hook with uh, eBay and uh, that's awesome book. Okay. Uh, have that in mind and read zero to one. Very good um, readings. Okay. I'll definitely check that out. And uh, what's been one of the most challenging things that you've faced, um, you know, being, being a co-founder. Mm. The most challenging, um, Calculating, understanding, and taking risks. Um, and this is a way I, I, when I, when I, when I do most of the things, not only in, in our business, but I, I try to have uh, the risks uh, um, specials. So I, I wear that those uh, risk eyes to see how how things are from that. Uh, perspective and uh, when you see from my perspective that at least when I when I when I have that in mind um, there are a few things that I said look I think this is a way too risky with probably losing time and uh, even if we're not losing time this is way too risky but uh, having to from one end, uh, taking no risk, uh, and uh, you 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 do nothing, and taking all the risks and breaking the company. Where are you? The, where to gorge? Right? Where where to, to where to put the ruler? Mm -hmm. um, this is this is difficult. And when you find uh, your 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 threshold. Um, and sometimes when you're more, you're less comfortable having to move this towards a more risk approach. Um, this, this is, um, this is uh, sometimes harder for me, especially if, if the risk is not optimal. Like you taking a lot of risk and the reward is not good enough. So okay. for instance, um, I'll provide some, some ideas like uh, uh, not raising capital and taking and more money this is this is risky um, um putting merchants instead of having the proper due diligence this is too risky cannot do this 
um, things like this, right? Quitting the job, of course, <laughs> is risky. Uh, things like this. Okay, great. And with that, we're, we're getting kind of close here to the 30 minutes. So what is the one thing that you want to accomplish that, that not that you want to accomplish, you know, overall, but what's the one thing that you're currently working on for Pliplag? Um, a million happy customers. A million happy customers. And how are you going to do that? Next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, check we're... back. I'm going to check back with you and we'll have a, a conversation then. Yeah. Yeah. We will, we will do, we will do. Awesome. Um, but, uh, I believe when you, when you, when you're providing real value, like real, re, re, serving a real pain, um, and uh, when you see that you improve people's lives, uh, that's probably, I would say, mm -hmm. um, your job is done here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's definitely one of the things that you're doing, right? Uh, so far, no churn. Hopefully we keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. As you're what do you have any other questions for me? Do you have any questions for me? Um, I actually have. Um, what did you study? <laughs> I was I wondering. Studied, I did. I, did I studied business and marketing. Business and marketing. All right. Uh, all right. Business and marketing. I knew you. You were not computer science. You know, computer sciences don't hardly look other people's in the eye. The one thing <laughs> I, I have uh, learned, because how do you find if uh, a computer science uh, computer scientist is very good? Well, he's probably not looking at your all-stars. He's probably looking to the floor, even lower. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I didn't... Yeah, yeah, like introvert. You know, the best ones are probably, uh, I would say... The, from my perspective, the best ones I have met are, are introverts. So, uh -huh. um, but that's not a rule. Like you, we have exceptions. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's always going to be exceptions, but that's you know, there's definitely a place for for uh, I guess I don't want to use the word, but stereotypes. You know, and and a lot yeah, of no, 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 no. there a lot of the times are true. So uh, that's yeah. a good question. Yeah, that's that's what I studied, um, and I've always had a very entrepreneurial spirit. So I love helping people. I love. I love learning, uh, you know, about SaaS companies. That's for some reason it became my passion, and uh, just anything that that you know, entrepreneurs that have to bootstrap things and then really understand, you know, solve problems, but more so like in a tech kind of world. Um, I just love it, and so it's always a pleasure, you know, interviewing people like you, Casio, on the on the podcast. And even though this is extremely recent and new, uh, I feel like I've, you know, I feel like now I have pretty much friends all over the world. Um, and then we're only on episode, I want to say 10. Uh, I'm not entirely sure which one this is at this point, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, always great interviewing people like you and learning more about what you have to offer to the world and how you're changing, uh, you know, ecosystems and really helping people, um, with their businesses, with their lives and just making the world a better place. So again, thank you so much for being on the podcast and where can people find you online? Are you on, on Twitter, Instagram, or anything like that? Yeah, of course. Um, well, you can find me. Well, first things first, um, our website is plipag.com.br. And uh, mm, 
I don't use much Twitter, but um, I use LinkedIn, not the best social network. Yeah. But you can find me out in C-A-S-S-I-O, Casio. And uh, my name is huge. It's called Pagnoncelli, P-A-G-N-O-N-C-E-L-L-I. Uh, oh, find me there. <laughs> I'll make sure I put and, the uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's that's it. Awesome. So uh, thank you everyone for listening. You can, you can find me on Instagram and pretty much LinkedIn and also uh, Facebook on Instagram. It's C-A-M-A-C-H-O.F-T-M and then phantom agency, phantom.agency. So check that out. Follow me if you want to, you know, see what I'm up to or whatever. And if you're a SaaS company founder, a co-founder or anything of the, of the sort, make sure you join the group. Uh, we post, we try to help people with any questions that they have regarding marketing, advertising for their SaaS company to scale. Uh, so go ahead and join that. And if you're interested in being on the podcast, let me know and we'll make sure we get something booked here. And, uh, thank you again, Cassio for being on the podcast. And I challenge every one of you to go out there and do something that makes you, you know, just light up and want to help people around. So, uh, thank you again for taking the time of your day. I know it's late for you and, uh, we'll keep in touch. Thank you, Luis. Let's keep in touch. Bye-bye.